You're listening to Bill Handel, on demand from KFI AM 640. Call your doctor if you have high fever, stiff muscles, and confusion, or if you have uncontrollable muscle movements. Bill Handel. Other risks include dizziness upon standing, seizures, trouble swallowing, and impaired judgment or motor skills. And now, here's Bill Handel. KFI! Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app, Bill Handel here and uh, the morning crew. Uh, coming up at 8.30, I want to remind you that uh, it's uh, Dean Sharp, Handel in the House Whisper segment, uh, which is always fun on this Wednesday morning. Uh, now, a topic that we have talked about uh, several times, Wayne and I have discussed this on the air and off the air, and it has to do with uh, Los Angeles County and uh, the juvenile court system known as Juvenile Hall and, when we were kids, Juvie. Uh, the bad kids went to Juvie, if you remember that. Uh, and uh, you didn't want, I didn't know what it was about because I was one of the good kids. I mean, I wasn't a great kid, but, uh, you know, the ones that went to Juvenile Hall are, are on a whole different level. It's a criminal justice system. And we talked about uh, the fact that uh, the... The uh, tr- the county has these two juvenile hall uh, facilities, and there was so much trouble. The state regulators said, OK, you've got to come up with some kind of a plan. They didn't. And now the regulators are just shutting down those two facilities and moving those kids someplace else. And Wayne, uh, uh, let's talk about it. Your take and, and what do you know about this? Well, this goes back to 2021 when, uh, for the first time, the Board of State and Community Corrections declared that these two facilities, the Central Juvenile Hall and the Barry J. Nidorf Juvenile Hall, were unsuitable to house juvenile uh, either offenders or juveniles awaiting trial or what have you. So in 2021, they said the conditions are so bad, it's not suitable, but we will give you some time to change things. And they gave them quite a lot of time. And every time that there'd be a check-in, how is it going? The state would say, you guys aren't doing enough. And the county would say, oh, please, can we have some more time? And finally, their time ran out. And yesterday, the regulators voted to actually revoke the county's license to operate those two juvenile halls and gave them 60 days to move those kids somewhere else. And uh, here's the question. Where are they going to move them? Because uh, there aren't that many facilities. And the ones that are, uh, none of them are terrific. Although the accusation against these two, uh, I mean, this is profound stuff. And the word unsuitable, I think, is hilarious as opposed to uh, way beyond that, as opposed to uh, literally bordering on the criminal and the way these kids are treated. And so, I mean, one died of an overdose. Uh, Okay, how do you stop drugs from coming into a system at all? And uh, let's talk about the security at Juvenile Hall uh, uh, or juvenile facilities. Uh, Security anywhere near, because this is a type of prison, is is it anywhere near a state-run prison? Uh, Do they sit in cells? Uh, are they treated as criminals? Uh, it, it has. If you just saw pictures from the inside, you might mistake it for a county jail, for example. But uh, the focus in the juvenile justice system, unlike the adult justice system, is 100 percent on rehabilitation. In the adult criminal justice system, rehabilitation is one of many 
um, factors that you're trying to address. You're also trying to punish people. You're trying to incapacitate them so they can't harm the community again, etc. In juvenile court, rehabilitation is the king goal. So first, to answer your question, where are they going to move them? The plan is to move them, and this illustrates how long this problem has been going on and how cyclical it is. They're going to apparently move them to Los Padrinos, which is a facility that itself was shut down in 2019 because of so many problems. Los Padrinos Juvenile Hall in Downey was shut down two years before the state got involved with Nydorf and Central. And now they're going to go, well, let's open that one up again and shove them all over there. As far as what's going on inside, it's as if there's not one aspect of what they need to do that they could do properly. Here are all the reasons that the state cited in revoking their license to operate. Number one, they don't, and not necessarily in order of importance, but uh, one thing, not enough adequate recreation for these kids that are locked up, not enough educational resources, not enough time outdoors, not enough access to rehabilitative programs. But guess what else? Those facilities didn't have proper safety plans. Things that should be as simple as um, evacuation plans in case of a fire. They didn't have them. They don't have enough staff. At the same time, the staff was apparently regularly violating the rules about use of force and restraints on the youth being yeah. kept there. Hey, Ed, let me point out, I want to jump in here for a moment. There was a news item. Uh, it was a, a story about uh, these facilities. And one of the guards who uh, remained anonymous because he didn't want his name known talked about how there is an utter lack of security because there simply aren't enough guards. Uh, they won't, they can't get them. And when uh, these kids, and that, that was in finger quotes, attack the guards, and I mean viciously attack the guards, and this one guard was showing the wounds uh, that he got, these huge lacerations, he said, these ki- remember, this is all about rehabilitation. That's what this is about. You add all that together and you have a system that is, um, well, it's ungovernable and it's broken. And I don't know. I don't know the answer either. Oh, the, the answer is simple. It's the it's the same answer. That's the answer to a lot of problems, even though people don't like it. The answer is you have to build proper resources to accomplish the goal. It's that simple. You have to have enough clean, safe facilities and enough staff to properly detain the juveniles you're detaining. It is a matter of money. And just quickly, the other side of it is the president of the union that represents L.A. County probation officers said, I'm just going to quote what he said. We can be done. Officers assigned to the juvenile division are faced with daily youth on youth and youth on staff assaults. And 40 percent of staff in the juvenile division are now out on injury leave. I, that's my now, that's point. what he said. I, I haven't know, been that, able well, I to it. check I, it. I totally believe it. And on top of that, just and I'm going to throw in, uh, something in uh, before we leave. And that is there's no differentiation uh, except where a facility is between the most heinous criminals who have caused massive injury and literally kill people. It's all about a a rehabilitation. There is no such thing as a juvenile criminal that is basically a criminal. They all can be rehabilitated. You're all very special.
You're a That's special why you're supposed being. to have the option of taking some of these people and putting them over at, to be bound over to be tried as adults. Yeah, you can. That's true. But for certainly not 14-year-olds and 13-year-olds. And they have the ability to cause huge, huge injury and damage. One of the topics that uh, has uh, been at the forefront of our discussions and probably your discussion and uh, the um, just the concern is kids using social media and the hours alone that kids use social media. Now, you know, uh, I don't do Facebook. I'm not a big fan of Instagram. I certainly don't do Twitter, although the show does, and I'm part of that. But I'm talking about my personal life. I don't do that. And I went on uh, the uh, I went onto my phone and and asked uh, how much time am I spending on the phone, social media, texting, etc. Four hours and forty uh, four hours forty minutes a day. And I don't do social media particularly. So your kids, eight hours, 10 hours a day? Yeah. Well, we, and we've asked, okay, how dangerous is this? Well, kids' brains, et cetera. The U.S. Surgeon General has just come out, Dr. Vivek Murthy has just come out and saying, uh, we have to look at this. This is not just social commentary. We have to look at social media among young people. And has he made an absolute statement? It harms young people? No. No, because there's science here. You can't just arbitrarily say this harms young people. And you can't say uh, you can't use anecdotal incidents. Uh, there is what was that case? Uh, was it in Texas uh, where that young lady uh, was um, and she was tried, I think convicted, if I'm not, if memory serves. Remember, she was uh, sending text messages to uh, her boyfriend saying, kill yourself, kill yourself, kill yourself. But that's a text. Now we're talking about young girls and we've talked about this plenty. Uh, young women being body shamed. Uh, being told that they're not popular and just the the psychological damage. But uh, there isn't enough scientific evidence to show that social media use is safe or unsafe for children and teens. And what uh, Murthy is doing is calling on tech companies and parents and caregivers to take immediate action to protect kids. Now, what does that mean? We'll get them off social media. Limit the number of hours. And there's a move, and I'll talk about that in a moment. So Murtha is saying we have to get the evidence to prove that there is or is not damage. I guarantee you there's damage. The question is how much. First of all, kids on social media themselves, forget about body shaming, forget about feeling inferior, forget about being told you're not popular, being told you're not as good as, uh, forget about photos that are taken of you and then uh, posted. Uh, Let's just talk about the time people spend on social media, the time kids, young people spend on social media. And that means the time is not being spent reading, for example. Does anybody read anymore? I'll bet you there is a connection between the time people spend on social media, direct connection to the hours that are being spent reading uh, a newspaper, a book, and I'm even talking online. There is, uh, There has to be a connection. 
So uh, Murthy said, uh, I recognize technology companies have taken steps, but not close enough. Look at the age requirement. Platforms have said 13 at the age of which kids can start using their platforms. Give me a break, right? A uh, 12-year-old doesn't have access. There's an end around. Uh, it's It's crazy how everybody uses it. And social media companies are banning kids younger than 13 for signing up. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter uh, because everything can be circumvented. Uh, TikTok recently introduced the default 60-minute timeline for kids younger than 18. Please? Come on. How do they, in fact, determine that someone is younger than 15 or 13? So it is a question of science and it's a question of two other questions. One, we know that uh, children's brains development uh, basically is uh, stops at about 25. In other words, we develop and develop, and about 25, we've reached majority. Uh, majority. Look at the crazy stuff you did when you were uh, younger than 25, when you were a teenager in young 20s. Uh, 95% of uh, youth ages 13 to 17 report using a social media platform. About a third say they do it almost constantly. And so what we have is uh, the use of technology that does everything. And look what it look what it does for grammar. Look what it does. Uh, all you do is send out emojis. Uh, how, how many people know how to write? How many people have handwriting abilities? If you ever seen Michelle, our executive producer for the station, actually handwrite something, it's beautiful handwriting. Everybody else more difficult and kids non-existent. So, Murthy, well, here's some tips. Reach out for help. Okay, thank you. Create boundaries. Uh, well, parents have a lot to do with it, but I guess you have to just take away the phones. I mean, how many schools do uh, they have to check in the phones? Kids aren't able to use them. But at the same time, how many schools, uh, how do you send your kid to school today without a cell phone? Considering the danger and you want to know what's going on. I mean, it's real complicated stuff. And one thing I like about uh, Murthy's statement is uh, what we have to do is truly do a lot of research. Look at it very carefully. And uh, the media companies, you can't trust them. Uh, because uh, underneath all of that, they the more people they have, the better they do. And you can't have uh, the fox guarding the hen house. You just can't do it. I'm going to throw something at you that you're going to say is impossible. Robocalls are down. Impossible. Thank you. Robocalls statistically are down. And this doesn't come from a robocall industry. This comes from the phone companies, particularly T-Mobile. Now, uh, if you've noticed you're getting super uh, fewer calls, you're crazy. Uh, it's a lot easier to think. It's a lot worse. But there are actually some uh, programs in place, and there are some things that are being done about robocalls uh, but I want to talk about the negative part of it because you know me. Uh, the glass is always half empty and there's a big gaping hole at the bottom where the water is pouring out. All right, let's start with Americans lose an estimated $87 billion to robocalls and phone scams every year. According to RoboKiller, at least last year, RoboKiller is an app uh, that tries to eliminate spam calls. All right. Uh, now, 
We're being told that new protections are uh, coming online. T-Mobile, as I said, has a scam shield program built into the network. And they said they identified or blocked 41 billion calls last year. I mean, that's crazy. And incidentally, it's not just the U.S. either. Uh, the, the robocall problem is international. For example, you go to uh, Great Britain. Uh, half the calls the British citizens receive are fraud-based. Half the calls that they get are fraud-based. And what are the ones that are most popular here and all over the world? Well, uh, people impersonate uh, Amazon or the tax agencies, the IRS, or in uh, Great Britain, it's uh, the, uh, was it, the uh, Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs. Wish we had something like that, didn't you? And according to uh, the president of uh, one of these robo-killer programs, research has found that people living under financial strain are more likely to be scammed. Older people likely to be scammed. We know that. So uh, what is the new favorite as of this year for the people that study robocalls? It used to be auto warranty. I haven't been getting many of the auto warranty cards uh, calls. I love auto warranty. Would you be interested in auto warranty? Your oh, your warranty is about up. Really? What kind of car do I have? Well, uh, it, uh, we know your warranty is up. Really? What year is my car? Well, we don't know. Uh, I don't have that file in front of me. Okay, I'm interested. And all of a sudden, there's excitement because this is a real call. It's not just a robocall. It's a robocall that I then pressed the button that told me, go to a real person. So I was already in number two. Excitement, excitement. I have a 1972 Nova. Uh, well, thank you, sir. We don't, uh, we don't handle that. I love just taking their time. Uh, the number one are health care scams right now. Credit card scams are at the top of the list. The uh, criminals pose as representatives of a bank or a credit card, stating, and I, I get this all the time, there has been a purchase that didn't clear, and to resolve matters, they'll need your credit card or bank account information, and people just give it to them. So uh, is the government being involved? You bet. There is a coalition of 48 state attorneys general, plus uh, the D.C. attorney general, is suing a company called Avid Telecom. It's one of the big, big companies. By the way, it's 48 states. You know the two that didn't sue, that are not part of this? Alaska and South Dakota are not suing. I guess no one in Alaska or South Dakota gets robocalls. And the state AGs claim that 90% of Avid's 24.5 billion phone calls in the last five years lasted just 15 seconds and... People impersonated law enforcement, government agencies from large corporations, Amazon, DirecTV, just to get people involved in scams. You know what Avid Telecom says? We comply with all applicable state and federal laws and regulations. And while we prefer to work with regulators and law enforcement, we will defend ourselves vigorously and vindicate the rights and uh, reputation through the legal process. Isn't that special? The FTC tried shutting it down. There's also the do not call registry. That's completely ignored. That's not enforced. 
I've been on a do not call registry for I don't know how many years. Has it stopped anybody? It has not. So technology, is it going to be able, right now the scammers are ahead of technology. And you've got these major companies hiring big time people, uh, big time uh, outsource companies to deal with this because they're obviously, uh, I don't know how many companies uh, who are independent companies that deal with this and sell their services. None of them have been able to bash this because every time there is a Band-Aid, every time there is some kind of a fix, the scammers come right out and figure out another way of doing it. Now let's go to security in schools. And it is, well, with active shooters having, uh, well, the number of active shooters, how many hundreds has it been already in May? And how many hundreds of schools have been targeted? And of course, if you have kids that go to school, you know what I'm talking about when I when I mention increased security. And I've told you many times, my kids went to a religious school. Uh, they went to a Jewish school. And the security was insane. And as I mentioned it to the administration, uh, I was told, that's not even close. We have so many hidden aspects of security uh, that you don't even know about. All I know is that in terms of uh, how much I was paying, insane tuition... Uh, there was another annual fee, fee, and it was not small for security. So, obviously, uh, gates have to be locked. Uh, people have to go through, in some cases, uh, a metal scanner. And some schools have used a, uh, a security program. A, a sec- well, it's a security issue, and what it is is um, it's a... Um, technology that costs uh, in this one school I'm going to talk about uh, 3.7 million dollars and it is uh, at a school in New York in Utica New York and a kid goes up to another kid and stabs him in the back with this big honking knife I mean it is one of those large kitchen knives and it was brought to Excuse me, uh, a little froggy on the throat. It was brought to the, the high school despite that weapons detection system that was involved, uh, that was created and sold by this company called Evolve Technology. It's a security firm, and uh, it's saying it replaces traditional metal detectors with AI weapons scanners. And instead of just detecting metal, uh, it combines powerful sensor technology and proven artificial intelligence to detect all kinds of weapons, explosives, knives, they say, because that's easy, right? Well, knives, bombs, guns, it immediately trigger, triggers an alert. And they uh, boasted, when you go to their website, it used to be they would tell you that uh, these scanners, uh, what they do is uh, it triggers an alert and uh, combines this technology to detect weapons and makes the school weapons-free zones. Well, there's a little problem uh, because there was a BBC investigation last year. It's Companies International. And they did a bunch of testing and found the system could not reliably detect Large knives, small knives, not a problem, but large kitchen knives, the one that was used to stab this kid in New York in the back, was not detected. 
And at that high school, they had the system, and they spent $3.7 million, and the large knife went through, and we're now finding out, or the BBC has investigated and found out, that the system does not work with large knives. Uh, Incidentally, the uh, system is used in major stadiums across the U.S., and in this case, the Manchester Arena in the U.K., and uh, that's where uh, the testing took place. And even with these problems, not really acknowledging these problems, the company has been expanding uh, into many schools. Started originally as a stadium issue, uh, big public arenas like uh, baseball, football stadiums, the Manchester Arena in England. So after the stabbing, what ended up happening? You go to the website and all of a sudden the website changes. Until October of last year, Evolve's homepage featured a headline, a headline that said, remember, weapons-free zone. And then all of a sudden the news came out that you had the stabbing and you had the testing in England. And so that changed to safe zones. And now it's changed again. And now it is safer zones. Why? Because it is, since it's based on AI technology... You know, we really don't know. Now, we've talked time and time again that we simply don't know how AI works. We really don't know how effective this technology is at finding different types of weapons. Now, to be fair, you have one kid at one high school that was stabbed in the back. And there is nothing out there that is absolutely foolproof. The problem here is is that in the uh, English testing, 42% of large knives uh, were missed in 24 different walkthroughs in the Manchester arena. All of a sudden, that's just not one in hundreds and thousands. That's 42%. And uh, there is uh, a big issue here. Not so much with the fact that the technology is being sold. Because it is probably good enough that uh, if they find another way of detecting large knives in combination, then that seems to be doing okay, or it would do okay, although it's really, really expensive. The issue here is how they're marketing it. That's what they're doing. The CEO, uh, Peter George of this company, says marketing weapons detection security requires a delicate balance between educating stakeholders on new technology and not providing bad actors with the information they could use to do harm. I don't even know what that means. Uh, It's your typical uh, corporate uh, babble uh, that they uh, use. But here's another one where AI technology being used, and this is not simply going on the website and saying this is healthier for you with a supplement or uh, arguing on a box uh, that we have 16 ounces, and it turns out we have 14 ounces of food. I mean, this is people's lives at stake. So uh, there'll be there'll be more on that one uh, coming up. Oh, this is great. Did you ever uh, when when uh, you saw uh, the inaugural of Joe Biden last time around, there was this little girl, Amanda Gorman, who uh, read her inaugural poem, The Hill We Climb. Oh, man. Backlash on that one. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. You've been listening to The Bill Handel Show. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. and anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app.